right? So I had to teach myself how to send an email, how to communicate, how to use Photoshop, how much does it cost? You know, how to use Illustrator. It was so hard at one time, I almost quit. There was one guy, I forget his name, but he don't realize he changed my life. He saw me and he saw my face one day and he was like, man, you look discouraged. What's going on? And I was like, man, I'm about to quit. Like, this is too hard to learn. Photoshop, Adobe, like all of this is hard because I was moving ahead of the school at the time. No one could teach me. So when I actually got in a Photoshop class, I knew it two years before I got there. Wow. Right. Or illustrated class. I had taught myself two years before, but learning it, it made you want to give up. It's, it's hard software. It is. You know, so and at this, this time I'm 20. <laughs> you know what I mean? So 19, 20, about to give up. And he was like. He was um, an upperclassman. So he said, you know what? Everybody starts that way. Just keep going. You'll do it. That one five-second convo made me keep going. All right. I don't even remember his name, but he doesn't realize he changed my life. Uh, I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Then I met my boy, David E. Simons. Yeah. I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Then I met my boy, David E. Simons. Yeah. Discover my gift, yeah, yeah. Discover my gift, yeah, yeah. But David E. Simons. Discover my gift, yeah, yeah. Discover my gift, yeah. To another episode of How I Discovered My Gift with yours truly, David D. Simons. I'm honored and delighted to have this special, special guest for y'all today. He's a game changer. He's an innovator. He's a multiple, multiple award-winning, successful person, entrepreneur. So I can't wait for you guys to hear this. So LaVon Lewis, one of the nation's most respected authorities on branding, design, and marketing. And he is the co-founder, president, and creative director of Connect Branding, an Atlanta-based award-winning branding and marketing firm. <clears throat> LaVon transforms conceptual ideas into signature brands for companies all over the world. Today, LaVon has earned his way to being one of the most sought after branding and marketing professionals in the nation, as noted by Black Enterprise Magazine. LaVon founded his first company in a dorm room at his alma mater at the tender age of 19 with his business partner and Connect Branding co-founder, Sherrod Shackleford. Upon graduation and submitting numerous resumes and application, Mr. Lewis was rejected from more than 25 different employers. Despite the obstacles that were placed along his path, his ambition, passion, and vision superseded his lack of experience, finances, and business support. With his goal clearly in view, LaVon has led creative direction for several Fortune 100 companies and thousands of small businesses. LaVon was recently named one of Atlanta's top 25 rising stars. Today, with over 20 years of business achievements under his business belt, LaVon Lewis and the Connect Branding team have amassed over 50 awards worldwide, uh, i.e. the U.S. Department of Commerce Minority Technology Firm of the Year, Golden Addy, GMSDC Supplier of the Year, and Entrepreneur of the Year, and have garnished a business clientele portfolio that boasts of the country's who's who in business and entertainment, SeaWorld, Panasonic, the Home Depot, Walmart, AT&T, Coca-Cola, just to name a few. In addition to his business success, Mr. Lewis is an, also an author with his book, Today is a Great Day for a Wow Image. 
which, which has been a great resource for business owners and aspiring business professionals alike. With his vast knowledge of the marketing genre, Levon has not only been featured in several publications, websites, and TV shows, such as BlackEnterprise.com and ABC, to name a few, but he's also joined the ranks of the most sought-after public speakers of our time, hosting and headlining conferences, seminars, and workshops, in addition to co-founding the Make Them Buy Marketing and Branding Boot Camps. So welcome to the show, Levon. Thank you for being on, brother. Truly an honor and truly a pleasure. Thank you. It's a pleasure. I, you know, I've been watching you. You've been killing the game. So I appreciate brother. looking up to the to the trailblazers like yourself, man. Uh, so I thank you so much for being on the show, and I and I just want to give some context. You're 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 a successful man, but you're also just down to earth person. Like um, I, I remember just the opportunity I reached out to you and said, "Hey, man, I'm in Atlanta. I would love to connect," and and we got a chance to chat and talk about life, business, relationships, all of those things. And so I just want listeners to know: sometimes you see people that you admire, seeing them online, like like Levon or people that are doing extremely successful, but 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 um, very rare that you see the that people like himself that are also very very humble and caring and, and considerate. And so I just wanted I just wanted to share that little note of, of gratitude, brother. So yeah, um, no, I appreciate you. That's important to me. I appreciate that. No, no doubt, no doubt. So let's let's take let's take this dive in, man. So at nineteen, right? You're you you know you're starting this business out of your dorm room, but I'm sure it didn't just start in the dorm room. What? What what was what was the journey like from childhood? Like, take me to and walk me through the process. Well, I'll tell you this: I didn't want to be an entrepreneur at mm. that age, right? It's funny how this thing works, right? So, you know, I've been a creative person since, you know, I was born. You know, I started drawing my first drawing. I was about five. Yeah, didn't know where it would end up. I just knew I was the kid in class that everyone, you know, when they give you those art assignments, they're like, "Levon, you draw mines." <laughs> you know, and, and things like that. So I knew I had a gift, never knew I would make a living off of it. Never knew how would it, it would affect other people or change people's lives. It was just fun, you know? And I took my first art course, um, probably in the 11th grade. And the teacher was like, Hey, you have a gift. You should go to the advanced course. My first course ever. Right. But until then I just kind of played with it, drew things, all these things. Little did I know and every, all of the guests, all of the viewers should know that, you know, you have to hone your gift. I didn't know that I was working on my gift, evolving it from a five-year-old to an 18-year-old. I didn't know, you know, but to the point where I was advanced ready in my first art class. And then I started submitting, you know, to different contests to win different awards. I wanted to go to college and I was also not only a creative, but I was a musician. And so um, they told me if you pass this advanced course, when you go to college, you can start at a sophomore level as a freshman. Mm. And so I did that. And, you know, I went and everything was good. And that's where I started my business. You know, and that's how it started. I started to draw things, design things on campus. People discovered it. And I'm like, oh, people are pay for this. And I didn't know that. <laughs> so, so and that's why I had to learn business. I was a creator first. And then, you know, you kind of get thrown into business and you learn how to charge and conduct meetings and present and, you know, write and really help companies and individuals market themselves. So that's where it started. Um, I'll end with this. When I graduated, I thought, okay, that was fun. Now let's go get a job like they tell you to do. And I submitted 25 or more resumes at that time and no one would hire me. And so I said, you know, 
have this business that I've been running about four years in college now outside of study, the marching band. I went to HBCU. I played the drums mm. and I just ran this business in between classes and bands and, and Saturday games and things of that nature. I was one of those students. I never really went out, never really drank. I just kind of stuck to the script. I built my business. I worked, went to band practice and just kind of did that kind of thing. Mm. Little did I know it paid off. You know, so I graduated without a job and just took the business and we grew it from there. Wow. That's yeah. amazing, man. Because, you know, to see the level of success you've achieved, um, I, I, I'm, sure, I'm sure some people listening, I'm thinking about the listener that like, yeah, I can draw, I have this gift, but I don't think I can really, you know, how could I ever turn this into a, uh, an empire? Well, obviously it didn't start that way, right? It was it grew, built gradually. But when did you know, like, like okay this is gonna be something i'm gonna do now like when was that defining moment was it was it while you're in college was it right after college and you did there was nowhere to turn you said all right i'm gonna make this happen what was that first like either major sale to you right it could be relative mm -hmm. that made you say okay i can i can build an empire on this or i can build something with this well, you know, I think that while I was in college, it was just cool making side money. You know, I was building a business, but, you know, you think when I graduate, I got to work for somebody. Right. That's the way this works. I don't have any business experience. We didn't have funding. We're young. You know, it, it's cool side money. That's what right. you think. Um, I, I never forget my business partner. And I tell this joke about our first deal because he was brilliant and had his own business. I had mine and we decided we're stronger together. Our first deal together was a thousand dollars. We thought we was rich back then so <laughs> we were like somebody paid us a thousand dollars you know <laughs> and um we always tell that story to to this day over 20 years later on stage about how we got together with two we're an example of how two black men can come together work together remain friends and evolve you know and so um you know we met then we both have been married we both have kids you know and we just evolved as men and being able to maintain this this uh, this friendship and business relationship. So, um, but to get back to your question, you know, I think I discovered that I should take this seriously when my back was against the wall. You know, when you are 22 years old, nobody will hire you and you're looking at the world and school is over. You got to make some decisions. You got to have some ingenuity, you know. And so just like I took a pencil and a pad and drawing into a branding and marketing company, I would say any industry is like that, you know. If you play tennis, if you play the guitar, if you draw, you know, if you cook chicken, if you cut lawns, right? Yeah. Everything is just this little hobby until you figure out a way to turn it into something, right? Every, everything. The person that, you know, started cooking chicken, they could have just did it in their kitchen or you got Popeye's. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's just a matter of where you see that you fit in the world, what's missing, how do you brand and market it, mm -hmm. and your vision and the tenacity to get it done and the people that is about the people that are around you as well. So, um, that's how I see it. Everything starts like a small fun hobby until yeah. you turn it into something. That's beautiful, man. Well, well put, like you're right. It, you know, everybody pretty much has this potential and opportunity, but not everybody leverages it. So take me that then, then into the mindset of a, of a young LeVon, right? Cause you said you didn't want to be necessarily the, the goal wasn't to be an entrepreneur, but did you, did you have like a dedication to, to, to drawing? Like, did you, did you like, 
like what, what was the kind of work you put in obviously to be able to to build build a business in in college and then eventually build it out beyond that after college but yeah talk to us about that well i had two things that drove me i had a dedication to creative one and then people right so what happened was anything I get involved in, I wanted to be the best of what I did, whether it's drawing or if it's designing, if it's strategizing about a brand, if it's social media, you know, I'm like, I want to be the absolute best when I walk in the room, the uppermost creative, the uppermost intellectual when I walk in the room. And so that made a, it created a need because I would deal with people that heard that you know, I did this thing and that thing. And then you want to make sure that you live up to that. You know, you want to make sure that people spend money with you and they're happy. Yeah. And so it started with those two things. It's a, you know, I think all business marketing and branding is about empathy. You know, it's about mm-hmm. putting yourself in the other person's shoes and making sure you meet the need and understand and hear what they, they need and want. And you connect from there. That's what I think it's about. Wow. Wow. That's deep. So, you know, obviously this, this skill that you've you've had and this gift of like writing and I mean I mean creating designs and and things of that nature but you you really hit on something because there's a gift that's usually beyond the gift right it was is, is, is empathy one of your gifts as well like that that you just can see yourself in another shoe and if you could speak speak on that it's funny I've never been asked that question as a good one um but I, but I, I like this because it's live and on the spot I think so yeah I think empathy, compassion. Um, and you know, we all have gifts. Sometimes I use it to a fault, but for the most part, it's navigated me to where I am. You know, it's just kind of like when you met me, right? You mentioned, well, this guy's humble. You know, you kind of felt the energy on me that I wasn't arrogant, things of that nature. I always tell myself and people around me this, I think it's easy to be a highly skilled person and arrogant, right? But it's hard to be successful, highly skilled and humble. Mm. Right. And those people are rare. Those are the people I like to hang around. Those are the people. Those are the friends I like to have. And so that's just the personal note I've always told myself that I tell people I try very hard to stay, you know, very humble, very relatable, empathetic, compassionate. You have to have barriers, you know, while trying to be extremely successful and good at what I do. And I Mm -hmm. think that just creates a rare person that's magnetic to people when you walk in a room. And so with that, you can attract the right friends, the right business and for the right reasons and how the right circle around you. So I do think that is one of my gifts that I've worked on over time. And I think um, it just pays off to be a good person to yeah. be, you know, it, yeah. it, it just does. Wow, man. That's, it's, it's evident, man, in your life. That's great. So so now talk to me about the development, right? Because you, you, you said something that's really um, profound to me, you know, about your demeanor in college, how you you know, could have just went out, done all the regular things everybody did, but you you were in the dorm room probably working, doing stuff that, that your normal college student is not doing. Um, and and I, I always like to kind of share for listeners in any any endeavor, whether it's graphic design, branding, marketing, uh, or any any career, what is the unseen stuff that you had to do, the development? Nobody knows that the, the hours spent on Adobe Photoshop and 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 learning the craft of this software and Illustrator and this like if you could speak behind the un, unseen hours all the stuff that you put in that nobody will ever know usually yeah. what you yeah. did you know I was so focused back then I didn't even realize what I was missing 
you know, people would say, I'm going to a party, this or that, and nothing's wrong with that. But I'd be like, cool, I'm going to my room to draw, I got a client. You know, I didn't think I'm missing anything, right? So, but some of the underground grit, you know, I never forget my dorm room was 402, fourth floor, right in front of the, the dorm at Alabama A&M Foster Hall, you know. And so, you know, if I would have a client, I would be doing that work. If I didn't think that I was good at something or I was missing something, I would just be, I was just so focused on working on it. You know, I would have like six hours of band practice, a full-time university schedule. And I'm like, I have two designs or a drawing tonight. That's all I cared about, you know? And I would just sit in my room. I'm a music guy, cut on some music and get it done, you know? And what made me happy is that when I delivered it to the customer, they were happy or they referred me or they paid me or something. It's that gratification that I was looking forward to. And so that's really it, you know, but even little things like, you know, I would go back home. So my university was in Huntsville. Mm -hmm. I'm from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. So about two and a half hours away. Right. Mm -hmm. So today we have laptops. We're talking about back then. Right. I couldn't afford a laptop. I barely could afford a computer I bought. Mm -hmm. And so I would pack up my whole system, put it in the car, in the box. And wherever I was going home to Tuscaloosa, Atlanta, wherever I was set up there like a laptop and work. Wow. And I never even thought about it. I was just so focused. I never thought about, I just moved my whole system two hours away to work. <laughs> just like, just, just like a tower. laptop. The whole thing. I didn't even think about it. It's like, oh, I have to go to, you know, Nashville. Okay. Boom. Pack it up. Put it in the box. Put it in the car. Go. Didn't Ooh. even think about it. Wow. You, you know, I would get to um, my location. Where, where am I staying? Set it up. Work. Damn. You know, pack it up, go back to Alabama A&M and go from there. Never thought about it. But that's the thing about being focused and having tunnel vision. Yeah. I, it's just what you had to do. You do what you got to do. And it's even when I couldn't afford a computer, I used to just draw like flyers that we see today on Instagram. Yeah. I used to draw that stuff by hand. So I didn't make any excuses. So someone I'm running for Miss Alabama A&M against this person and I have this budget, I would draw it by hand. I would take a picture, glue it on. This is some of the unknown stuff, right? Mm -hmm. I would take their picture, glue it on a sheet of paper, right? And draw around it and go at that time, Kinko's, but now FedEx, make 100, 200, 300 copies and sell it to them. Whoa. That's what I would do. What you do in the computer, I did by hand, oh, right? Easy. Not knowing that I wasn't making excuses, not knowing that it was any other mm -hmm. way. I'm just like, I don't have a computer. They paying me, we're going to get it done. Mm. Right. And I've got to the point very shortly where I made enough money. I actually bought a computer. I didn't even know how to send an email when I got the computer. <laughs> right. So I had to teach myself how to send an email, how to communicate, how to use Photoshop. How much does it cost? You know, how to use Illustrator. It was so hard at one time I almost quit. There was one guy, forget his name, but he don't realize he changed my life. He saw me and he saw my face one day and he was like, man, you look discouraged. What's going on? And I was like, man, I'm about to quit. Like, this is too hard to learn. Photoshop, Adobe, like all of this is hard because I was moving ahead of the school at the time. No one could teach me. So when I actually got in a Photoshop class, I knew it two years before I got there. Wow. Right. Or Illustrator class. I had taught myself two years before, but learning it, it made you want to give up. It's, it's hard software. It is. You know, so and at this, this time I'm 20. <laughs> you know what I mean? So 1920 about to give up. And he was like. He was um, an upperclassman. So he said, you know what? Everybody starts that way. Just keep going. You'll do it. That one five second convo made me keep going. Look at that. Right. I don't even remember his name, but he doesn't realize he changed my life. 
Look with at that. that. That's you know. powerful. Yeah. That's wow. I thank you for sharing that, man. Wow. So, you know, you're 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 working on this craft, but like, there's something I'm learning as as the more you speak. Like, your mentality was was just out of this world, man. Like, where did you did is this something innate? Like, you just this is who you are. Did you did you model it? Do you see it in your family and your parents? Did you like is it is it the community? Like where did you develop that mind? Because there's plenty of people that are talented. We know there's mm-hmm. not a short shortage of talent, but that kind of grind, that focus, that discipline to carry your tower to where you're traveling to to to, to lock in and say forget the party right now. That that's not that's not that's not common. Yeah, I think um, two things motivated me. One, I just don't like to quit. On any whether that's a personal relationship, business, a project, I just I just don't like the feeling of quitting. So if something gets hard, you know, maybe I complain here or there, but for the most part, I'm like, we gotta figure this out, you know, for the most part. So I'm like, I graduate, no one will hire me. I'm not just gonna sit here with no job. I gotta figure this out. You know, if I can't design, I'm not just gonna sit here and be whack, you know, I'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm gonna figure it out, you know. I, it, and so, if I'm in a room and I'm not gonna be the one that knows the least, I'm gonna figure it out. And then, secondly, what people don't understand, I have a very good business partner, right? And what's motivational is the energy off of him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, when you're working with somebody and you guys are hustlers and grinders and you're dedicated to being great, that energy is infectious. So, you can have a day where you're down, discouraged. And you get a phone call or a meeting. You're like, you know what? We can do this. We got it. Mm -hmm. That kind of thing. And people wouldn't believe this as well. This is another thing I had to work on. And a few people around me know this um, years back. And you may hear me speak now and it's different. But there was a time I could not articulate my thoughts. Mm. You know, I had this country twang. I'm I'm in Atlanta now, but I lived in Alabama. Mm -hmm. The first time I got to college, people would say, man, what the hell are you saying? They didn't know (laughs) what I was saying. I was so country. They didn't know what I was saying. And so I started this business and for the next two years, that was another development thing. I focused on, not that I'm ashamed of where I'm from because I tell everybody, yeah. but I focused on the way I spoke because I was so embarrassed every time I opened my mouth. And I'm like, I can't be out here presenting, getting money from people and I can't speak. Mm. No one's going to believe it. They're not going to buy and it's embarrassing. So I spent two years specifically working on being clear in the mind, learn how to articulate my thoughts and enunciate my words and just be a better communicator all the way around. And communication is not only speaking, but listening. That's right. Right. So I've learned how to do both and it's been very good in my career. Wow. Wow, man. So um, I want to kind of go another direction in, in, in what you talked about. You kind of hinted at it earlier, right? Having um, a co-founder in, 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 in your partner, Sherrod, and mm-hmm. um, especially as, as black men uh, in our society today, there's there's this thought that you know everybody's competing against each other. There's not a lot of uh, community, but it's like you said, this has been a dynamic you, you guys have, and, and it's very rare. So kudos, major kudos to y'all. So if you could speak to that in that in the development process of the business that you guys uh, built up, what I mean, how did you know for people that are listening? that have horror stories of partnerships and you know, they've had really rough partners. They've had regardless of race or ethnicity, but they've just, the, the idea of trying to bring two egos, two visions, two mindsets, two powerhouses. How do you, 
work together and make partnership work? That's a good question. It's an answer that a lot of people it, it, it can be, it can be challenging for a lot of people. I say it takes a lot of maturity. So let me break it down for you. Let me let you know who you're working with. Sherrod and I both realized early that no one is greater than the other. We're both, in our opinion, two kings that could exist individually that realize we're more powerful together. Right. So let me give you some backstory. You know my story about how I've been drawing and I got really good creatively. You know, I've won 50 awards worldwide. I work with 2000 clients, like all these kind of things. Well, you know, Shiraz the same, you know, I've been covered by black enterprise. So is he, but when he came to college, he was, you know, 18 with a Motorola contract from Chicago, you know, that he had for like a year or so, you know, building websites and doing digital strategy. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, you're talking about a really, and, and he's still that forward thinking to today, like the stuff he's on today and 10 years ago and five years ago is always years ahead of the game. Like, i never forget that um, people won't believe this, but what Facebook is today, mm -hmm. I saw him develop Facebook years before it came out. Wow. Like built the whole website, program, coded it, everything. We were like 17 years old. Wow. 17, 18 years old, somewhere around there, right? Like, and I, I can't speak on any other things, but he's built or have ideas about other things that you may see out right now that are billion dollar companies mm -hmm. that just probably got to market before he introduced it. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So my point is, you know, we are two individual kings with a lot of power, a lot of intelligence that we decided we have to come together. So what that means is that, you know, we've spoken 500 times on every stage you can imagine. We work with 2000 clients, all these things. Do you know every meeting every day we have to decide and be mature? I have to look at a customer and say, you know what? This customer personality works better with yours. So I'm going to be number two today. Wow. Right. We go on a stage. I have to say, you know what? You're better to lead this meeting than me. Maybe we both go on stage, but you're number one. And he does the same. It's been times where he said, you know what? I'm going to step down on the Mac. I'm not going to talk to this client at all. Or as we deal with money or growing, we have to make decisions without emotion. Hmm. And the way that works is that there's a trust level that has to happen that happens in those dark times, those times people don't see. Right. So example, we'll, if somebody pays us now, he doesn't even I don't, I don't like double check behind him, double check the money or hmm. this or that. That's just a trust level, because like they say, Iron sharpens iron. And what develops the trust, it may hurt in the moment, but long term is worth for us. And what that means is that we are always honest. So if there's a case where we do a deal and I mess something up and costs, he has to tell me that, hey, you messed this up. Here are the consequences or vice versa. And I have to be humble enough to be like, you know what? You're right. This is how I could have improved next time. This and that of that. Knowing that individually I can be successful, individually he can, but to make a partnership work, you have to know how to coexist or be number one one day, number two the next day, you in all circumstances. Like you, you, your feelings don't matter. Wow. Right? It's all about what's the greater good, what's the machinery of the whole thing, what's the greater good, and that's all that matters. So if I walk in a room and, and we decide, hey, you lead this meeting, I'm not gonna be in my emotions. Like I'm less than because he leads the meeting. That's what's best for the meeting. Mm. And it's been a lot of cases where we go, have a new client and he may say, you go to the meeting. I'm not going at all. 
because we've analyzed the client and said, that's just best. You and that client seem to be getting along very well. I'm not getting in the middle of that. See what I'm saying? Wow. So that's a level of maturity a lot of people don't have. Everybody want to be big dog. Everybody want to be CEO. Everybody want to be number one. That don't matter, man. Yeah. You know, because the number 50th guy on Facebook is richer than most people in the world. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So Wow. Wow, man. I mean, you just dropped some major, major heat here because that's like, I, I can't tell you, I'm just being honest. I can't tell you very many partnerships that I have seen across uh, on a level uh, like y'all's that, that work uh, or work long-term or even just work period. And, 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 and so to hear that on the, the behind the scenes of that, that humility, it sounds like, and, and it's not like it, like, can, can somebody, so I'm sure somebody's listening, thinking, can I just, can I find a, a Levon? Can I find a, a Sherrod? Like, like how do, how do I identify? Or is it, do y'all, do you believe that some of it was just like, man, y'all right place, right time, right spirits? Like, how can somebody identify like, oh, you know what? This might be a good partner. Like, is that, is that possible? Yeah, it's possible. I, I do think it's a God thing with us. I think right place, right time, God set us together. I think yeah. he put our destiny in each other's pocket and connected us kind of thing. Yeah. But you can't like Shirai has other businesses where he has other partners. You know, I have, you know, partnerships with different things that I do as well. So there's ways to find um, individuals. You know, it's hard to find our communication and trust level, you know. Um, but, um, you know, we operate at a, just a really high standard when it comes to integrity to the point where I pour that out on my friends and relationships I've been in. It's, it's just it has to, I'm just used to a high standard. You got to tell the truth. You got to have integrity. You can't hide nothing. You got to, if you have an issue, tell me right now, don't hold it. You know, and that's just the standard that I'm used to because if I have an issue with him about something in business, it will manifest itself in different ways three months later. Or, you know, no one deserves passive aggressiveness, right? right. Or I can just say, now, hey, I have an issue with that thing you did this morning. Let's talk about it. And he trusts me enough to know, all right, what do you got to say? And we'll say it, be like, okay. And if he's wrong, my bad. I didn't mean to make you feel that way. Or if he's right, he'd be like, I hear you, but I'm right. Mm. You know, it's just about being a man of the situation. I hear what you're saying, but that's not what I meant. And that's not correct. Mm. You know, and you just got, it's just big boy shit. You know, that's just what it is. That sounds like a master, like, like this should be like a master class that like y'all teach or something on that down the line. I don't, I don't know. Like, but it's like, coming. Like, it's coming. You know, <laughs> maybe I'm speaking something that I didn't even know about. All right. So now that's gold. That's gold. So yeah. talk to, talk to us about the business now. Like, okay, you, you guys have built this huge brand in, in, in connect branding. And, and I mean, <clears throat> Like some of the clients you guys work with uh, are just next level, uh, large corporations as you share. Um, how did how did you take it from from you know building probably like working with maybe local clients to then national, global? How did you know what were the process for 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 those listening? Like how do I build a global brand like you guys have built? Uh, that's a couple ways. You know, I'm proud that we built a seven-figure branding firm, you know, out of a dorm room. You know, I think that several ways you got to do that. Um, one, you have to be really patient. Nothing happens overnight. So you got to, a lot of people get paralyzed because they have this big vision. And if they don't start with the big vision, they're like, they quit. Right? So if you want to make like a million dollars and you don't do it the first year, some people quit. Well, maybe we made 80000 Look at that correct it 
like 200 next year. And then you look up and you're at a million. Right. And so with us, it's patience is building of systems. Um, you know, when you go from a dorm room client to like a Coca-Cola or a SeaWorld or something like that, that's relationships and time. I, I, I boast a lot that we don't advertise. We've never done a social media campaign, ad boosting, um, took an ad in a magazine where we are today is off of referral. Right. And so our strategy has been, we gain a lot of credibility with the awards that we won, the articles that have covered us, the news outlets. Uh, we do things like this podcast, we speak, but first and foremost, we just try to do really, really amazing work. So if I do amazing work for you, you're going to tell a person in your circle and level that we did it and so on and so on. And that's the 20 years. So when we get a call from a SeaWorld or a Coca-Cola or an AT&T, we didn't advertise that. They called us. It's relationship. It's good work. Hey, we heard about you. And then we take that opportunity and we try to kill it and go to the next one and form a really good relationship. That's beautiful. Like, wow. Like literally the brand and, and you know, people, they think the misnomer about branding, they think branding is just the logo. Branding is beyond that, right? Like, like I, I try to tell people about branding all the time. And, and obviously the brand you guys have built is relationship driven as well. So the brand, you guys embody what branding really is. It's yeah. everything. Yeah. Yeah, and we, we understand our brand. See, uh, what I'm about to drop on you now, okay, it's the jewel. You ready? <laughs> I'm ready. People, Sherrod talks about this a lot in our seminars. People have to know what they really sell. So brand, you're right. It's not the logo. It's not the web alone. It's part of it, but not yeah. that alone. So internally, we know that I told you how Sherrod came to college with a Motorola contract. I told you how I've done a lot of great things creatively and business-wise when we met. We know that when customers sit in front of us, they're buying his brain and my heart. Mm. Right. Mm. We never say it. It's not on the website. We know it does not mean I can't think or strategize that I'm not smart. It doesn't mean he doesn't have a heart. Right. But when we communicate, people feel my heart, my integrity, my empathy, that my compassion. They feel it. Yeah. And when he talks, they feel like, man, this guy's brilliant. Mm. Right. And we know that. Right. So. When you sit down with us, we understand it's the heart brain effect. We know it. We know that's our brand and we know that combination makes us special. Right. And everything is follow price point, quality of work, how we communicate, how we respect people. Ninety percent of our clients are female. So it's ratifying two guys that work with a lot of females and understand females, understand how to listen to them, help them grow their business and be successful. We're talking about really successful females. You know what I mean? So, um, so when it when you're talking about growing a brand, it's a branding firm and we do different things, but we understand what people are really buying. And it's really our ability to think, figure out, solve problems and our heart to care when things go right or wrong, yeah. you know, and they trust that to work on their behalf. Wow. That's pro profound, man. Like that's deep. That's deep. Now, I'll, 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 I'll say this to people. You never yeah. sell the product, mm. right? You sell the void you feel. You never sell the product. That's good. Never sell the product. Sell the void you feel. Right. That's game. That's game. So, so take us through, like, um, for you, right? Like, you've developed your skill sets to this high, high level. Is there? And, and it's, it's a curious question. Do you still 
like draw and draft and still like, or do you now transferred your gifting to the team and, and the things and the people that, you, that that work with you guys to do work? Or do you get, do you still like today and from a creative perspective? Yeah, you know, we do have a creative team and technical and content team as well. So we do have all of that. But, um, you know, here and there, I do still get my hands dirty and design here and there. Um, but I think whether it's me or someone on the team or me giving direction to the team, the drawing is the basis. So if we have a customer or, or sometimes I've been known to draw in a meeting and I'll say, well, is this what you're trying to say? Or to communicate a thought sometimes to my team, I may, I may say, well, or Sherrod does this too. draw something and say, well, this is what we think it should look like as us directing the creative, right? Yeah. This is what we think, boom, 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 whether it's web, logo, this or that or that. The team gets it. Now they can see it. And then we execute. So that happens a lot as well. Mm -hmm. But I think for us, the custom nature of the pencil or the pen will always remain. Whether that, even if that strategy, you may say, hey, your business, we've talked to some people that think they have one business. We'll, we'll say, no, you have three. And right. it's ABC. And this is how it works. And we'll draw the whole thing out. And then it converts into something magical. Wow. That's beautiful, man. So it's like you guys are like with with brand building, you know, obviously the logo, the web and all those pieces are part of it. But you guys are really business developers that help them build businesses that can be sustainable brands. That's that's what I'm hearing correctly. That's really it. Yep. Yep. We can help you with business strategy as good as anyone. You know, if you come to us, we're not just a web design company. You know, we have a customer right now. They have a documentary individual have a documentary coming out on Netflix. We be able to help that individual with business strategy, marketing strategy, creative direction, logo, branding, web. We built an online university for them based on the content that's coming in the Netflix documentary. And we built an entire business model, revenue model, price point for them. Wrote a book, right? Helping them publish the book. So when the Netflix documentary comes out. People go online and, oh, wow, there's a university, there's a revenue model, uh, there's projections we have to hit, there's a book, and there's sales, right? Wow. So we can scale to that degree with people. Um, you know, we've probably written 25 books. We've shot a few documentaries. Um, or you can just come get a website, you know, either way. So it just depends on where the customer is. But, yeah, from a, I think what makes us so good in the creative and digital space is because we understand business. Because creative and digital i always say is the answer to business strategy or the manifestation of business strategy to me you know and so you don't just start with the pretty stuff you get into the meat understand the customer understand the business and the model and the plan and then the creative meets you there to communicate it to the customer and that's my philosophy wow so i it, you know it makes me also ask what kind of development do you put into yourself Right. Like to because I mean, to, to do that, that means you must study like business, you know, and study like, you know, the art of this. And, I, and you've, you've said it a few times. You said I've, I've worked on this aspect of myself. Like, what is your like diet of personal development, brand development, like your own development into yourself? Well, I'll tell you a truth about me. I am. I'm a, I just discovered this like four years ago. So I'm a person, I'm dyslexic, right? Mm -hmm. So growing up, I struggled a lot with comprehend, comprehending when I read things, mm -hmm. right? Or a person says things, I may not remember it as such. And so I thought 
growing up, I didn't know that. So I always thought I was less intelligent when I figured it out just four or five years ago. I thought, oh, that's the reason. And I figured to focus on the positive sides of that, which means there's a superpower that I have, which is why I'm so good creatively thinking on my feet, things of that nature. I say all that to say to answer your question, the way I do self-development is I actually don't read a lot. Mm. Right. I, I used to beat myself up about it like you should read and books and things of that nature. But I get my information in different ways and in that I know in, in ways that I know my brain can process it. So a lot of video, a lot of YouTube, a lot of workshops, classes, mm. um, a lot of learning on the job, uh, mentors asking questions. Those are the ways that I stack my information in my mind. And then when you learn so much, your brain automatically pulls from different directions and you have what I call wisdom, right? To me, wisdom is just the ability to pull from past experiences. So at this point, 20 year career, um, a customer, a business sits in front of me. I just have a lot of wisdom because I've learned from experience or watching over time. So I think everybody should take that away from this interview. Learn the best way that you see fit for you, you know? I think everybody has their level of intelligence. You just have to learn how you can retain information. And for me, it's live experience and video. Mm. That's the best thing for me. Over reading. Mm, that's that's, that, so that's my strength. I love it. I love it. Knowing yourself. I yeah. love it. So so talk to me about monetization, right? So you guys have, you have, you, you, you led workshops. That, and I love the name. I remember when um, I would see the flyers about them online, make them buy. I was like, wow, that's genius, right? So so, so the truth is a lot of people struggle with monetization, right? Like they got this gift, they got this talent. Maybe maybe it's somebody listening right now, they are good, good at graphic design. They are good at visuals and web design, but they don't know how to monetize their own skill sets or giftings. What do you say to people that, um, how, I mean, you guys have done, you've done it masterfully. So how, how, do, how does one monetize their, their gifting? I think a secret to not monetizing at times, especially when you start or you're a new business owner and people don't really say this, but this is the way I see it. I think it's fear, especially with a service based business. If you sell like a phone, you know, okay, the phone costs me $20 to produce. I want to make an 80% margin, charge a hundred. Let's see. Right. But when you're like an accountant, you're like, I don't want to, my competition is charging 300 an hour. Should I? You know, would people reject me? Am I worth that much? It's fear, right? And so I think to monetize anything, you have to study the market to make sure that you're on par with the market. It doesn't mean that you have to charge exactly what people charge. You got to know how you're positioned. So example, if I'm an accountant and the market charges 300 an hour, I have to make a decision. How much experience do I have? What void do I feel? Do I want to be priced the same? Do I want to consciously price myself lower? Do I want to price myself as elite higher? Right. You have to make that decision. So there was recently a business that I helped that um, sold products to women. Right. And they had a particular product that they thought, you know, I'm going to ship this product back. It's not selling things of that nature. And I looked at it. And I'm like, it's a great product. I just think it's overpriced based on what I see in the market. So let's do one or two strategies. I said, hey, let's sell another product and give this this one away half price, which you still profit on what you pay for it or just reduce the price and let's just say this product 40, 30% off or what have you. And that way you can still cover your costs. It was still like a 70, 80% margin. So cutting off 30% is better than keeping the product and losing a hundred percent. Right. That's what I say. True. Um, 
in three weeks, that product sold 50% of his inventory by just a different pricing strategy, right? And I say that to say that was just not having a fear. Fear would have been, well, let's just send it back. Or, but not having fear is like, you know what? No, let's reduce the price, do a different strategy, study the market, see what people are charging for this type of thing, and let's go. Even if people reject it again, let's go. We're not scared of that. And it worked. And I think pretty soon the product would be sold out on a product that didn't sell much beforehand. Look at that. You know, so so it's fear. Just take chances. If things don't work, learn. We learn a lot with that product. Just learn. You know, um, I, won't, I don't I don't risk. I, I don't care about being rejected by someone that's not doing anything. Right. You know, those are the people that say things or talk, you know, noise to you and things like that. They're not doing anything. But anybody's doing something, they get it. So I wouldn't worry about it. That's real. No, that's good, man. So, so when when you think about, I mean, there's a body of work here over how many years? Is it, or, over twenty? Is, it's is like it twenty three. Twenty three. Over yeah. twenty three years. I know I'm only forty two, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what are you? I mean, you you've helped pastors, you've helped politicians. Recently, you know, um, uh, Senator Ralph uh, Warnock, um, uh, and, and the list goes on and on and on and on. Um, what are you the most proud of? And I, I, I know, I know there, that's a loaded question, right? But like, like, is there a project? Is there is there something project wise? Because I'm, I'm sure it's family. You're proud of your son. Proud of all those things, right? That's mm-hmm. that's more, most important. All the business aside, secondly, but but when it comes to the business, is there something you're most proud of? The work from either design, strategy, uh, you know, w- w- all aspects. I would say not a particular project that I'm proud of. I'm proud of a lot. And whether the client is a Fortune 100 or a startup, I do value my clients the same, right? Right. But what I'm the most proud of is that we are a company that you can come to. And we are, what's the word I want to use? We are flexible enough to help most industries, right? So people can't, you don't come to us with just one industry i do this one thing we just i'm the most proud that we're so versatile you know so you know you can go to our website and see like natt but you can also see a cupcake company you can see sea world but you can see a, a lotto company you know what i mean so you can see an individual coach that left corporate america and wondering what what am i going to do next that we've helped you know or you'll see an aflac right so i'm the most proud that we've been around so long with a great reputation and um i believe any company that walked through these doors we can we can knock it out of the park better than any piece of competition and i'm proud of that that's beautiful and that's very and extremely hard to do in a world of niches right like a lot of people are like what do you think makes your company able to do such a thing when you know somebody's like we just work with chiropractors we just work with right. lawyers, you know, right. like, and, and it's funny. Some people will come to us and say, well, you know, we got this company that's competing against you that only does chiropractic work. So we're going to just roll with them because we're chiropractors and we like, we don't care. It's like, it's like, <laughs> we don't care. We're still better than them. That's what we think. Right. So, but I think here's the secret, right? And this is on our website and it's simple. We are just, our secret is listening. That's it. If you listen, business is business. You know, and customers, I look at them as a profile. So 
if you're a if you own a hair salon, I know you're not selling hair. You're selling confidence. So how do we sell confidence to women? Mm-hmm. I don't have to do hair to know that. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? If you're selling a magazine, you're not selling a magazine. You're selling content. So how do we get the best cover story and have the dopest content? Yeah. You know, and so I don't tell myself, well, I've never done a hair salon. I say, how do we sell confidence to women? That's what I tell myself. And that's a psychological question. That's knowing people, you know, and I think we know and listen to people better than most, you know, so I'm never intimidated by a new company or something I've never done. I just understand the business and the people. And I believe that we can make the connection. That's why we call connect branding and marketing. We think we could connect all things. We connect to you. We could connect you to your customers. And we get it. And sometimes we get people's businesses better than they do. We help them discover things in one call that they didn't even think about. That's impressive. And that's just our gift, you know. I love it, man. This is, wow, it's game changing. So when you think about the future, what what is the future? I know there's certain things you're working on, can't speak on, right? (laughs) Besides all those great things that are in the works, what, what does the future look like for Connect Branding, for you, uh, your own personal brand. What is the what is the future? I think you'll see more of what we we're doing. You know, we we we're real holistic when it comes to you know helping customers b- develop their business and brand and things like that. I think you'll see a lot more speaking and workshops and retreats from us as well. Um, and then we're doing some new things and in new industries. You know, um, in the future as well. You know, you may see us in a little bit of the TV TV world, um, behind the camera kind of thing as well. And so I just think we can take the talent and the skill set that we have and just distribute it amongst whatever we want, mm-hmm. you know, because we have this. See, here's a unique thing about a branding firm. And you may know this as well, doing social media. Mm-hmm. It's like we have this unique vantage point of we've seen every kind of business because we have to help them. Right. Right. So when you talk about the wisdom and knowledge that it has, I don't wake up every day and I'm just selling a dress or a phone or a shoe. Right. Mm-hmm. Every day I have to deal with what the accountant wants me to help them with their business. So I have to understand accounting. Mm. The, we just signed on a new restaurant, just signed on that's opening in Atlanta. So I have to learn restaurants. Yeah. We just helped uh, a female fashion line in LA. We had to do that, right? Wow. You got to help a sea world that's competing against Disney world in Orlando. We got to know that. So I have a vantage point that, I can see businesses from several different industries every day over 20 years. So mm-hmm. the wisdom is different. The experience is different. Right. Yeah. So we just believe we can pivot and do anything we want um, just based off of what we know. I love that. I love that, man. So it's like it's like pretty much no matter what's thrown at y'all, like you can just you can just adapt, you know, and, and apply principles, wisdom. And like you said, I love what you shared, shared about hair salons. It's like. It's confidence. We're not. It's not about the hair. It's not about the product. You, you said that the void is what we're really selling, and that's the, that's the same for any business model. So yeah. I love it's a, that. it's a belief system. We just believe we're competent. That's the word I was looking for earlier. Competence. Mm. <laughs> we believe we're competent enough to solve any problem that comes our way. So we're not nervous about that. Respect. Respect. I love that, man. What about for you personally, man? Like, like uh, you obviously have a book yourself. You have resources, things. Um, what can people um, be able to look out for or where can people connect and learn more about what you have to offer? Yeah. Um, on Well, our website is brandingconnected.com or Instagram, just my name, LaVon Lewis. 
you know, and I share a lot of things there. I share, you know, branding tips. I share work. I have this cool thing called a brand reveal where we go from drawing to the end and show a whole process of building a brand in about, you know, 30 or 40 seconds, which is, is, it's really, really cool. So, and then you can just email me Levon at brandingconnected.com. And, you know, you know, we'll get you to the right folks. I'll meet with you and go from there. So, yeah, that's how you can find out more. Wow. That's what's up. So so pretty much what I'm gathering is somebody that's, you know, listening to this could be a restaurant. Like you said, it could be um, uh, a speaker could be pretty much. Hey, don't don't feel limited. Reach out. You guys can serve them and, and they can work with you. Pretty much. You can. Yeah. Okay. I don't you know, you're not too small. You're not too large with us. It's about alignment. So. You know, you can call us as a startup. If we align, let's get it going. You know, mm. if you're large, let's get it going. So yeah. um, we've turned down large or small clients because just lack of alignment. We're not going to do anything that we don't believe we can hit a home run with. Wow. So and we'll know that on our first call. We'll do a 30, 40 minute call. We'll know. Oh, we got it. And you're going to know we got it. <laughs> you know, you're going to know. And so and if not, we'll say, hey, we can't help you. But we, we believe we can do most things. That's beautiful, man. Uh, last few questions I have for you, Levon. Um, so that person listening to a, a young Levon right now, right, that's listening, what would you tell them that, that that kid that's drawing in a classroom, elementary school, or they're drawing in high school or college, and they're um, they know there's something they can do with this? What, what advice would you give to them to um, turn this into something that they can live out the rest of their lives with? Um, I would say, you know, in your teens or 20s, take all of your risk now because it's actually overall less risky than taking it in your 30s, 40s or 50s. Right. So try everything, whether it's drawing, painting, design, what have you, things of that nature Two, I would be well versed when it comes to creative, because when you're only good at one thing, it does cap your income. Right. So, example, if you just paint. There are successful painters, but it's extremely niche, extremely hard to do to make a living off of just painting. But if you can paint, if you can draw, if you understand web, if you understand social media, you understand video, you're you can when you do any one of those things, the fact that you understand them all makes you a better creator or you can just pivot from one thing to the next. So you'll be that person that can draw that. Now you can, you know, creative direct or executive produce a TV show now because you understand content, you understand video, you understand painting, you understand all these things and that knowledge works. So I would spend a, a lot of time just stacking your skills. Don't just be good in one area. Um, even me and my music background helped me. You know, I was a musician for a decade. People don't know that. Wow. I started in the sixth grade. I got a scholarship. I was top five in Alabama uh, when I graduated playing the drums. Like you've seen Drumline. That was me. I was, I was the top five in Alabama. At the same time, the top five artists drawing in Alabama when I graduated from high school. That's how I got my dual scholarship. So but even now, when we do video, when we uh, do commercials, um, documentaries for people, that musical background and my brain's ability to um, just know vibes and music and things of that nature and just using that creative muscle in a different way helps here. You know, I probably wouldn't be as good as a business person or creative without music. You know, I think it's I think it's the soundtrack of life. So um, gather all the knowledge you can in and out of the industry because your brain pulls those experiences and makes you just a, a just a more versed, in-depth person. 
you know it's the reason barack obama can do an interview and he's so intellectual i, I promise if you dig into his background he spent time in solitude studying and reading and learning different things that it just flows out you know and so i leave you with this einstein once said if you understand something you say it's simple if it takes you a while to explain it you don't understand it mm. right and that just comes from investing in yourself that's good that's gold one question one final question we asked Lamont, for every guest on our show and you weren't prepped on this exact question what is the difference between one's gift and one's purpose? One's gift ah, and one's purpose. He threw me off with that one, but we're going <laughs> to do it. I think I'm competent to handle it. <laughs> okay, one's gift and one's purpose. If I had to give an answer, I think purpose is why you're here, right? I think the gift is what you use along the way. Or it gets you to the purpose, right? Mm -hmm. So I think if my purpose is to help businesses succeed, help people get their dreams off the ground, grow and scale their business, my gift of being a creative business person is what I use to help me do that for people. Love it. So told you I was competent. I got it. <laughs> yep. yep. And it, 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 like I said, you kept it simple. You made it simple. I like those <laughs> questions I didn't expect. <laughs> right. I love it, man. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lamont, for blessing the folks. So, again, they can go to brandingconnected.com. They can go to Lavon at branding, L-A-V-O-N, at brandingconnected.com to inquire about a possible consultation. and um, yep. Or on and, Instagram, Lavon Lewis. Lavon Lewis. And we'll plug all these in the show notes. Any final words uh, for the people as we leave? No, I would say, you know, first of all, thank you um, for the people that know you and the people that don't. I've been watching this guy for a while. Brilliant guy. Um, I know your journey. I know that, you know, he himself has taken some risk and is working out and he's a family man and all these kind of things. So keep doing what you're doing. First and foremost, thank you for inviting me. Um, the second piece is to everybody out there, you know. Um, just learn as much as you can. Don't let fear stop you. Keep the right circle of people around you. Um, if you look at my story, that's all I've been telling you. You know, I just when I had fear, it's OK to have emotion. But when I had fear, I found ways to eliminate it. I have the right people around me. I have a small circle. I stay focused. Um, doesn't mean you don't make mistakes so that you're not focused at times. But just find out your purpose. Stay focused. It's like what you meant. Find out your purpose. Use that gift to get there, yeah. you know, and um Really keep that circle small and just stay on the path. That's what I would say. This game. Man, thank you for blessing us, brother. Thank I truly you. appreciate you. And listeners, you were in for a great one. So please watch this episode, listen to this episode multiple times. There's so many gems that were dropped here today. Thank you. Uh, uh, I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Dear listener, I would like to thank you so much for listening to How I Discover My Gift with yours truly, David D. Simons. As a token of my appreciation, I would love to give to you my most important piece of work to date, and it's called the Purpose Gift Tape. It's a motivational mixtape geared towards helping you to identify your gifts, which ultimately lead to you discovering your purpose. This is a six-track album I poured my heart and soul into. It includes beautiful beats, an amazing spoken word over it and i'd love to give that to you as a free gift as a token of my appreciation for being a part of the community 
So to get your copy, all you need to do is go to podcast.daviddsimons.com. That's podcast.david, the middle initial D, Simons, S-I-M-O-N-S, dot com, and get yours today. Thank you for being a listener. I'll catch you on the next episode. How I Discover My Gift with David D. Simons is proud to be of the amazing and illustrious Alive Podcast Network.